This episode of The Faithful Agent brought to you by our sponsors, Rachel Inman with The Mortgage Mamas and our sponsors at Patreon.com. Christians in real estate, let's dive right in and learn how to grow our business and grow our faith. Welcome back, Faithful Agents, to the third and final episode of this series on the PDA formula. Once again, Garrett here with you. Sorry, you know Tyler. We miss him. We love him. But I'm here to teach you on something that has been really impactful for me in my business. And again, it's this PDA formula, and I hope it's going to impact you as well. The PDA formula, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, go back and start with the episode on alignment and then the episode on predictability and building a predictable business and then come to this one on being dollar productive. The PDA formula is not high schoolers holding hands, not that kind of PDA. It is building a predictable dollar productive, aka profitable business that aligns with who you are. And that's what I want to teach on a little bit today because I know how difficult this season is in real estate and my desire for all of us is to be excellent as witnesses to Christ and his kingdom, as witnesses to the gospel, that we would be excellent in all that we do and we would honor the Lord with our work. And that requires us to be wise about how we do business. So let's dive into how do we be dollar productive. By that, I mean, how do we spend as little as possible to return as much as possible? And if you can't get behind that concept, uh, I don't know what you're doing in business. How do we spend as little as possible to generate as much as possible? That's the goal. How do we be dollar productive? Let's dive right in. Now, let's start here. The common agent purchase, if we're honest with ourselves, is we say, uh, I'm going to spend all this money on a lead gen quote system. I'm going to sign a contract for 12 months. But four months later, I realize I don't have time to work those leads and they're not good anyways. And so now all I'm doing is writing a check for something I'm not doing, right? If that's you and you're in a car, say me, right? How many people have done that? I know so many agents, unfortunately. I have a buddy who just did this, spent uh, money. I think it's $1,000 a month, signed a contract with Boomtown. Boomtown can work. If it's you, do it. Go back and listen to alignment. If that aligns with you, do it and do it with excellence. But if it doesn't, pay attention and stop doing these things. Signed a contract with Boomtown for 12 months. $1,000 a month, literally told me four months later, he realized these leads are not good and I don't even have time to chase them down anyways. So now I've just got all these leads coming and I'm still paying for and doing nothing. That's a really common thing to happen in this industry. And that's not good. (laughs) That's not being dollar productive. That's counter to being dollar productive. That's spending money that's making you nothing. Dollar productivity is this. You have $1 and you put your $1 into your Legion system. And that $1 produces you $5. That's dollar productivity. That's profitability. But dollar productivity is then instead of just being okay and excited about that $5 return on the dollar, though that's good, you then take that same dollar, you squeeze it as hard as you can, you put it into the same system, and then it produces $20 instead of five. That's dollar productivity. How do I make this $1 even more effective? Go back and listen to building a predictable business. That's the lead gen recipe. How do I make this recipe even better? So when I put $1 ingredient into it, it doesn't produce a $5 return. Now it produces a $20 return. That's dollar productivity when we think about it. Now, early in my career, I I get this, right? This is hard. We often think that if I spend more, 
I will earn more. Now, that's not always untrue, but the question is, and what I always tell people when I'm coaching them, if they say something like that, my answer is prove it to me. Prove that to me, that you got to spend more to earn more. Prove it. Because have you proven that you can spend very little and it doesn't produce any business? Because if you can prove to me, well, I only spent $5,000 and it only produced 50 grand, well, then I need to spend a lot more to make more. I don't know if that's true until you prove it to me. Until you prove that, right? Just you need to be thinking that way as agents anyways. We all need to think, well, these are the thoughts that I have. I better spend money to make money or I need to do X, Y, and Z to, to accomplish X, Y, and Z. Just ask yourself, prove it, prove it, right? And if it's just a thought, if it's just a, an idea, if it's just something that maybe that's true, then that's not good enough. Go prove that first. So here's my point. Early in my career, I thought I had to spend more money to make more money. I thought that was the key to success. So I did a lot of client events. I, I still do the same thing. When you talk about predictability, go back and listen to that. I've been doing the same thing, essentially tweaking that recipe for about nine years, doing almost exactly the same thing. But early on when I was doing my client events, they averaged about $2,500 per event. And when I would do my client Popeyes, which is 25 every quarter, I was spending about $10 per gift. Okay, I had this idea. I was spending $200 a month on mailers. I was not spending $100 like I am now because I was buying the nicer ones. I was doing things that were a little more expensive that cost me more money because I thought that was the key to earning more. I thought that was what it was. I just kind of listened to what the industry told me. And here's what I saw. I spent on average early in my career, $25,000 a year on client events, on Popeye gifts, on mailers. And that returned 300 grand. That was my GCI. 25 grand returned me 300. So I got $12 back on every dollar I spent. Now that's still good. Don't hear me say that. $12 for every dollar I spent is still actually effective. But instead, now most agents, here's the difference. I want you to hear this. If you're working out, if you're driving, if whatever you're doing, pay attention to this. Instead of just moving forward and saying, well, great, I can make 12 bucks off every dollar I invest. Now I'm just going to keep doing that over and over and over again. Instead of just doing that, I asked a better question. How can I get that same dollar to return $30 instead? How do I squeeze that same dollar? How do I make my recipe even better so that that same buck can return 30 bucks? That was the question. Okay, I hope you understand and hear that difference, that nuanced difference. Don't just keep doing the same thing because it gives you a return. How do I make the same dollar make more money? That's dollar productivity. So here's what happened. I literally kept asking that question. How do I get the same dollar that was producing $12? How do I get that same dollar to produce $30? And here was the actual result. Last year, 2022, as we record this, as I record this, last year in 2022, here was my actual numbers. I spent 10 grand total. 10 grand total, that's it. And made 900 grand. 10 grand total, 900 grand in GCI. Not my take home, that'd be amazing. But 900 grand in GCI. So every dollar I spent returned $90. Every dollar I spent returned $90. How did I do that? So I just started to understand, okay, maybe I don't. I just challenged my own assumptions. Maybe I don't have to spend all of this money on client events in order for them to be as effective and as fun. Maybe I don't have to. So over those years, I cut the average cost of a client event from $2,500 to $800. 
I cut my average Popeye gift from $10 to $2. I cut my mailers from $200 a month to $100 a month. I just squeezed that same money. I started to understand what actually moves the needle in my business. And for me, it wasn't spending $2,500 on a party. It was being intentional and throwing an $800 party. And I squeezed and I was smarter and I was better at it. And I kept squeezing because I didn't just accept, great, I'm just going to get a $12 return on my dollar for the rest of my life. I said, how do I make this dollar make way more money? I squeezed it and spent 10 grand and it produced $900,000 in GCI, $90 return on every dollar spent. And here's the truth. Here's the truth. I don't even think I'm done. I honestly think I'm going to keep asking myself that question. How do I take the $1 and make it into $100 now? And I need to solve that problem. So maybe right now you're getting a $5 return for every dollar. That's good. But instead of saying, great, I'm just going to keep doing that. Ask yourself, okay, ask yourself the question and solve the problem. How do I make the $1 now equal $10? How do I do that? How do I solve that problem? Those are the questions you ask yourself and you keep squeezing and squeezing and squeezing. Here's the reality. If I told you, you could put $1 in and get $12 out, most agents would say, great, I'm taking it. I'm running. See you later. That's what they would do. They would just run and see you later. I'm taking it. But let's look at those numbers. Which one would you choose? Right? If we had a 1 to 12 ratio, if I got $12 for every dollar spent, in order to produce $900,000, I would have to spend $75,000. Now, don't get me wrong. That's still a good business. Okay? That's still a good business. But what if instead of accepting our assumption that this is the best it's going to be, and I keep squeezing, become more dollar productive, instead I produce 900 grand and only spent $10,000, which one would you choose? Well, everyone would choose the $10,000 cost because it's a much better return. Now, you'd probably choose either one, right? And that's okay. That's good, right? The good, the problem with the good is we get comfortable there and we don't try to become excellent. The Lord has called us to be excellent. So when you're spending 75 grand and getting 900 grand, you don't just say, great, now I just need to keep spending, keep spending, keep spending. You say, how do I be even a better shepherd with each dollar that I spend and what it can return to me. Be dollar productive, squeeze it, get better at it, be smarter at it. Test your own assumptions, question your own assumptions. Ask yourself, is that true? Can I prove it? Can I prove that $2,500 parties was necessary to generate 900,000 in GCI? The answer was no, I couldn't prove it. So I had to set out to prove to myself what happens, I kept asking that, what would happen if I cut my cost on the party from $2,500 to $1,500, right? It was a slow, gradual thing. If I spent less money, I wonder if I'd get the same return that I was getting. I wonder if I would still generate as much business. And so I just kept cutting costs and cutting costs. And guess what? The business was still there. So I didn't just believe my own assumption. I told myself, you better prove this to me. And I went out and proved it. And instead of proving myself right that I needed $2,500 parties, I actually proved myself wrong that 800 parties work too. I'd much rather be at $800 parties. That's dollar productivity. That's dollar productivity. Well, here's the challenge, right? Here's the biggest struggle that I see in our industry for most agents. The question always is, where's my next commission going to come from? Where's my next commission? We've got what I call the Sunday scaries, right? It's Sunday night. 
a new work week is starting the next day and you're like, where am my business? Where's my business going to come from? Well, so let's get, let me give an example. Let's say agent Steve, agent Steve is two years in and last year he sold 15 houses all by his fear. Okay. Well, agent Janet in his office has been in for a little bit longer and she did 30 sales last year, 10 of them on Zillow. And she comes to agent Steve and said, Hey, agent Steve, look what I did last year on Zillow, right? I sold 10 houses on Zillow. And Agent Steve's thinking, man, I really need to get this business more productive. I really need to have more leads coming in. I need more commission coming in. And so instead of, well, actually, I'll get to that question. So he says, um, okay, tell me more about that. And Agent Janet sits down and walks him through uh, his Zillow, her Zillow and how she does all that. And she puts this really shiny object in front of him. And she says, hey, for a thousand bucks a month, you can have this too. For a thousand bucks a month, you can have this too. Now, what does Agent Steve do? Well, most of the time, Agent Steve says, great, sign me up. Where's that 12-month contract? I'm signing it right now. I got to spend money. I got to spend money to make money. And so he goes from 15 sales a year in his fear to all of a sudden, now he's dropped $1,000 a month. He's increased the pressure on himself. He's increased his cost and all the money that's going out, which makes it harder for him to provide for his family. He's added a level of stress to learn a new system, and he's ignored what got him here in the first place. So instead of going for that shiny object, what should Steve have done? Steve should have said, hey, I wonder, how can I squeeze more from my database, more from what I already do before I spend money? How could I squeeze more from my database, more from the work I'm already doing before I spend money? He generated 15 transactions last year, right? This is a hypothetical. Generated 15 transactions last year from a sphere. Most agents say, all right, I got 15 deals. I need to get more deals. What else do I need to add to my lead generation efforts? Maybe I go find, find Zillow. Maybe I go door knock. Maybe I do whatever. And they never stop to say, and here's the question. They never stop to say, did I execute, in this example, did I execute my 36-touch system literally 100%? Did I do it with excellence? And if the answer is yes, and then it produced 15 deals, all right, you prove to me you need to do something else. But most of the time when I ask that question, how well did you, again, in this example, how well did you execute your 36 touch? Most agents will say, gosh, I don't know, like a four out of 10. And so then my answer is, well, then you haven't proved to me that you need to do anything else. But what you have proved to me is you need to do what you're doing and just do it better. And see how much you can squeeze out of it before you go spend more money. I hope that makes sense. How can I squeeze more from what I'm already doing before I go spend more money? It's not true. I'm, I'm not convinced, agent, that you need to go do something else until what you're already doing is being done at a 9 out of 10 level. Show me that and then show me your results. And then and only then is there proof that maybe you need to do something else also. Do you want to generate more leads, create more leverage, and have more life? Do you want to build business the way the Lord called you to by serving and loving people? Well, we want to help. I've sold over 500 homes in just eight years, all by relationship, and I show you how in my eight-part e-course on the foundations of lead generation. Just go to faithfulagent.com, click get the e-course to learn more, and just for being a faithful listener, use promo code podcast for $100 off. Now, back to the show. We're going to pause here for a second and go into a conversation around the scoreboard. Because I think one of the biggest challenges and the reason that agents 
we often are so enamored by shiny objects. It's number one, we just want to be like everybody else. We want to be better. We want to, we want to win on the agent scoreboard. I'm going to talk about it in a second. And number two, we don't want to ask the hard questions of ourselves. Can I do this better? Am I doing this with excellence? So instead of asking the question, we spend money on the shiny object thinking that's the solution to the problem. When the real problem is we just aren't excellent at what we're already doing. So the common agent scoreboard, this is an idea I've been thinking about for a long time because it's played out in my life until about a year ago. The common agent scoreboard. What is, what is the common conversation with agents? Oh, great. Nice to meet you. How many transactions did you do last year? What was your volume? What was your, what was your GCI? If you have a team, how big is your team? Oh, did you win an award, right? Did you go to realtor prom and get an award at the end of the year? And that, those things aren't bad. You better measure those things. We need to know how well we're doing. But that's the common agent scoreboard. That's how everyone stacks up against one another. And so because we abide by this scoreboard that's been given to us, that the industry says, here's how we measure the value of this man. How many deals did he do? What was his GCI? What was his volume? How big is his team? Because we use those metrics to measure the quality of the person in front of us, it causes us, the individual, to take actions that we didn't want to take in the first place. Let me give an example. For eight years, I followed the Common Agent Scoreboard. Someone gave this to me, and it was all about my measurement of success if I was honest, I would say, it's about my family, it's about my family, it's about my family. But the reality was, if I was truly honest, what I really measured success on is how many deals did I do and what was my GCF? And I looked around and I saw the teams doing it and I was like, I can do that. I should be able to do that too. I don't want to be fourth place. I want to be first place, right? That's the drive inside of me. And so I looked around and I started to make decisions based off the scoreboard that they gave me. And so I had, at one time, I had five agents and three admin. I was trying to get more deals. I was trying to do more GCI. I was trying to build a big, massive team because that's what I was supposed to do, right? Because this is how we're judged in this industry. Well, do you run a big, massive team doing 500 deals a year? If not, you must be terrible at this job, right? That's not true, but I bought into that. And we listen to those things. And so I'm taking off a scoreboard someone else gave me. And I finally woke up one day and said, this is stupid. I don't even want a business like this. These aren't even the things that are important to me. I just went along with what I was told to believe. And it's not their fault. It's my fault for believing it in the first place and taking actions based on someone else setting up, hey, Garrett, this is how your life is going to be judged. This is what success looks like for you, Garrett. Now go build it. That's what was told me and I did it. I finally woke up and said, that's dumb. That doesn't even make sense. I don't even want that as my scoreboard. And so when I finally had that realization, I started to think about this way. Which one would you choose? If you could do 50 transactions in a year, make 500 grand in GCI, be top 1% in your region and have 100,000 net profit, would you take that or... 30 transactions a year, 300 grand in GCI, top 10% in your region. So not top, top 1%, top 10%. So no one's talking about you. No one's inviting you to come speak. And you had $175,000 in net profit. Which one would you choose? Now, if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of people are going to wrestle and say, 
well, obviously, I got to choose the one that makes more money. But you look at it and say, yeah, but what about the one that did more deals? And now I can go speak and people are going to talk about how good I am. Look at my scoreboard. Look how good it is. I'm in the top 1%. Right? It's really easy to, to, to choose that. I've heard it said, uh, actually, on our podcast before, someone told me that, hey, you have two accounts, an ego account and a bank account. You can only put it into one. Why do we wrestle with the choosing of, man, but 50 deals and 500 grand in GCI, top 1%, even if I don't make money, like, man, but I would look good. People would know who I am versus the one that's just a really good, solid business that nobody talks about, but you're really profitable because we wrestle with ego and vanity and pride. I do too, all the time. That's why I was doing all that stuff. But that's not okay. Those aren't God-honoring actions. That's called sin. That's called sin, right? Pride, ego, vanity, to do things just so that we could put ourselves in front of others. I'll give you an example. A friend of mine, I won't use his name, but a buddy of mine who I love, he's got a massive team, 30 agents on his team. Last year, they were fourth in the entire state of Virginia. That's awesome. Good for him. Congratulations. But I know for a fact that he had literally $0 in profit, $0 in profit. Is that a business that you want to run? No. But what was he celebrating? Being in the top four. He celebrated that. It was, and I love this guy, but it was his pride. It was his ego that he keeps building and he keeps adding and he keeps increasing the size of his team and the amount of money they're spending, $20,000 a month on Zillow. Why? Because he needs to be in the top. When in reality, what he really needs, if he wants to, honor the Lord. And the way the parable of the talents tells us that don't go bury your money in the sand. I know he's putting it to work, so it's not quite the same thing, but don't return me nothing. Go in, be wise, have a really good business, return a really good profit and go invest into my kingdom. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. So it's so easy to follow in the fall into this common agent scoreboard, this this wrong mentality of I'm judged and my success should be based on how many deals did I do? What was my gross commission? How big is my team? Did I get an award? What was my what was my volume? All of those things. We buy into this. Well, here's my hope for you that you will have a breakthrough, a legitimate breakthrough, like I did a, a year ago. I was sitting there, I was journaling in my backyard. And I was thinking about I have two options. I can keep growing my team, trying to make it really big. Or I could scale the team way back, scale the team way back. And I would make less money, not significantly, but I'd make less money. And, but I'd spend a whole lot less time doing it. And so I remember sitting there journaling through this and asking myself the question and coming to this realization. And I thought to myself, five years from now, if I look back five years from now, and I said, okay, these last five years, you've made an extra 200 grand a year, but you've been gone a lot and you've worked 60 hours a week and you're gone on the weekends a lot. Or I looked back and I said, over these past five years, I didn't make that extra 200 grand, but I showed up for my family a lot and I took Fridays off and I had dates with my wife during the day on Wednesday and I finished work every day at five and I barely ever worked on the weekend. Which one would I choose? And in a moment of clarity that the Lord was gracious to give me, I said, absolutely. Right now, I would 1,000% choose 
Less money, more time. My kids are six, four, two, and three months old. I want to watch them grow up. I, I don't want to just watch. I want to participate in them growing up. And so would I make that change or would I make that trade? 1,000%. And by the Lord's kindness, I started to understand I've been listening to the scoreboard that everyone told me to use, but I'm going to use my own. And my new scoreboard became literally three things. Fridays off, Wednesday day dates, only nine to five, Monday through Friday. That was it. Now I had a new way to judge success. That was it. How am I doing? I'm not looking at transactions, GCI to determine, am I being successful? Now, don't get me wrong. Those are the ways you provide for your family. You should pay attention to those. What I mean is I'm judging how successful I was based on my scoreboard, not the scoreboard someone gave. If you feel like something's off in your business or you feel burnt out, you're just using the wrong scoreboard. You just are. Something's off, you feel burnt out, you're using the wrong scoreboard. You're listening to what everybody tells you you should be doing. You're following the agent scoreboard to say, you better make more deals. You better make more money. You better do X, Y, and Z. We don't have to abide by that. Now, there's certain questions that you can ask to help you build your own scoreboard. I'll just run through a few. Of course. Now, this is not bypassing the reality that we need to provide, right? So how much money do I need to make? That's a given. You need to do that. If you want to honor the Lord, you need to show up and provide, especially if you're a husband and dad. You need to show up and provide. How much money do you need to make? So that's a necessary question, and you need to figure that out. But then, how much money do I need to make? Right? It's not, it's not, a, it's not wrong by any means to say, what's my goal? How much do I want to make? But how much do I need to make? I could go strive for 500 grand, but if that was going to mean that I'm going to miss everything with my kids, well, that's not how much I need to make. So then the second question, how much time each week? I want you to actually think through, through these. How much time each week do I want for dates or kids, alone time, hobbies, whatever? Who in my life needs me to be more present? How much sleep would I like to get, right? How much time off do I want to take? Who in my family is wishing they could spend more time with me, but I've been chasing the wrong scoreboard? Ask yourself those questions. Give yourself time to figure out what your actual scoreboard is supposed to be. And I promise you, it's not just transactions and GCI. Those things serve and fund the kind of life we're called to be, called to have. Our life does not serve the business. That's incorrect. So how much time do you want for those things? Who in your life needs you to be more present? And I guarantee you this, when you start to understand your scoreboard and you have clarity in that, you can accomplish a lot in a shorter amount of time. When I started to say, all right, I'm not working on Fridays. So now I have a four-day week. And oh, by the way, on those some of those weeks, I'm spending three hours on a day date with my wife. So now I have, have even less time. And oh, uh, when uh, I want to step in and help homeschool my kids or talk to them about entrepreneurship, oh, I have even less time. So now I've got a 30-hour week, not a 40-hour week, or a 25-hour week, whatever. I promise you, I was very productive in those hours because I was intentional that, hey, when I'm here, I'm here, and I'm showing up, and I'm being, being my best. I'm doing it as best as I can with excellence. Now, I fail many, many times, but I was intentional about it because I said, here's my scoreboard, and you know what I'm going to do? The work and the success and the, the goals and the transactions and the GCI and all the things that I want, all of those things, all of those things that are necessary to provide for my family, those are going to fit after my family 
my time, my dates with my wife, my hobbies, whatever, my sleep, my, my exercise, my health, all of those things are going to go first. And then I'm going to figure out, how do I sell homes in 25 hours a week? How do I generate business in 10 hours a week? Whatever the answer is for you. But here's the truth. We've been ignoring our lives for so long in pursuit of what? Business success? The life doesn't serve the business. The business should serve the life. Figure that out first. Use the right scoreboard. So how do we have a purposeful life? Squeeze as much as possible out of each dollar. Use the proper scoreboard and build your life and then design a business that serves that life. Take your newly created lead generation recipe and keep tweaking and tweaking until it gives you as much money per dollar as possible. Then you'll have a dollar productive and predictable business. And then you will have a life by design, one that can honor the Lord with your time, with your resources, honor the Lord by showing up for the people in your life you need to show up for more often, honor the Lord by taking your health seriously again, Honor the Lord by helping other business owners trying to figure this out too. Honor the Lord by being a gospel witness to the world around you, whatever it is. That's a life by design. That's my hope for you. That's the purpose of the PDA framework and the PDA formula. So I hope, agents, that's encouraging to you. If it is, share this with a friend. Download the episode. It helps us beat the algorithms. And reach out. We, we, we genuinely want to help you. We care about this community deeply. And we want you to win with excellence. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Hey, Faithful Agents, as always, thank you so much for joining us again. We hope you will continue to help us build the Faithful Agent community by sharing this episode with your friends, tagging the Faithful Agent group on Facebook, and by actually downloading this episode to help us beat the algorithms and get the good word out to other faithful real estate believers. Go to faithfulagent.com and click join our Facebook community to join us, and we will see you next week.